it based on how the sales are going or yeah so like, words, i mean it's really demand yes yeah, demand driven for the most part but you know sorry is that me Oh, no, that's something else. Okay, I thought because I, I sometimes my <laughs> phone will be like music or something playing in the background. But yeah, we kind of look at um, the styles. We look at the options. I mean, when we first started, we only had like one style. Mm -hmm. um, that one style turned into four colors, and basically we grew it from there. We we went from like one to two, two to four, four to six, and then we did twelve. So that's where we're at now. Is like. It's like 12 styles, 20 options. We sell to about 100 retailers around the world. Um, we're in a hand. British Vogue that you were in? We, we were featured in British Vogue years ago. Yeah, yeah. British Vogue, um, Harbor's Bazaar. We've been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Money Magazine, The Washington awesome. Post. Um, <laughs> you know, we've gotten a, a good amount of media. You know, I definitely I, I look kind of back on it and I'm like, you know, we, we want to do more, um, you know, kind of like just relations and just kind of getting the brand out there. Because a lot of time, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much head down just working, uh, right. working, working with customers. You know, we have, you know, it doesn't really sound like a lot, but like when you're selling to like 100 customers and you have your own direct business where exactly. we sell on our website and at pop-ups, yeah, exactly. it's a lot of customer service. Customer it's service. a lot of yeah. fulfillment. You know, we have a small team of three. And so wow. this is the first year that... You know, we've actually kind of like gotten people around. Like at first, it was just myself. You know, for like mm -hmm. the first two years, basically doing everything. everything. Yeah. You know, we we'd have interns. They'd be with us for like a <laughs> month or two months, and then they're back to school. So. Have you thought about going on Shark Tank? Shark Tank. We're, we we couldn't even so get on it. Yeah, at this point, we're kind of like, you know, we use Instagram, we use YouTube, we use Facebook, and that's how we kind of drive our traffic. Yeah, this is a collaboration that, that's a collaboration we did with Zappos. Uh, so Zappos.com is one of our customers, which is, you know, really awesome because they have such a, you know, a great story around service and around customers. And they yeah, sent us a bunch of vinyls. And we use those vinyls to make a special run for their Las Vegas boutique. So they're in their headquarters in Las Vegas. So that's, you know, that, that was a really cool project. We work with West Elm. We work with them uh, locally. We sell to, uh, we sold to Nordstrom. We sold into Holt Renfrew, uh, Holt Look. We've sold, and we're diverse too. We sell, uh, you know, gift shops. You know, we're in about a dozen stores here locally in the Hampton Roads area. So. Um, you know, we're in the Old Dominion bookstore. Um, we're in uh, Beecroft and Bull in Virginia Beach. You so, know. who who is your customer? So, our customer currently is, I'd say it's about forty-five to sixty. Um, okay. You know, they really? they enjoy okay. um, you know traveling. They like fashion. Um, they're typically you know they've gone through college and um, you know they end up kind of like. They, they're looking for something to stand out. You know, they need something that they can't just show up with the same okay, bag as, you know, everyone in the boardroom. Yeah, you know, it's a working exactly. professional. You know, they, they might work at an agency. Um, you know, maybe they work at a shoe company um, and they're traveling a lot. They need something that, like, allows them to tell their story and their values so they can do that through their product. Um, I was wondering because I was reading up on, on how one the backpack the the duffel bag can, turn, can also be a backpack yeah yeah I that's this so I one here picture. this is the first and one we started with check this out so it's so two bags in it's one, two bags in oh, one. Oh, that is cool. i should have brought a rat <laughs> <laughs>
didn't even see this one. So it's a three-way zipper system. So it's basically easier to get into. Uh, fits about, you know, I'd say about a week's worth of clothes in it. Wow, look at that. Oh look my at that. goodness. Isn't that cool? Laptop sleeve goes here. Uh, passport goes here. So happy to have you on. This is great. Hey Randy, you had, how you doing? You, you Good to see you. I'm Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, we haven't it's met. Good to meet you. And this is Brian. Likewise. <laughs> Come on in. You're gonna have a seat right here. Okay, let me see the number seven on your watch. <laughs> oh Ooh, yeah, I like that one. Yep. Nice. See, he only has the number seven. Italian twine. Okay. <laughs> I did my homework. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hamilton. Nice right, to see right. you. Oh, I'm right. sorry. That's right, because you did. We never story. met in person. Oh, y'all talked on the phone. We talked on the phone. Oh. Piece it's nice to meet you finally. <laughs> 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 so funny, right? You're oh, all, like wow. everything's digital and online. Yeah. You know, when okay, you get so in person, it's just a fanny pack. Yeah, it's a belt bag. You know, those are you know they're back in style. People wear them. We got the mini bags. Those are, you That's know, for they were originally for ladies, and then we kind of like we it's moved like, it into kids. So kids. you know, we try to have a, a, a something for everybody. But you know, it's kind of specific use cases too. Yeah, that's still a top seller. Two bags and one. Yeah, it's two bags and one. So it's a. a Duffel bag and a backpack. Yep. Comes in about That's 20 different good. color options. That's what I'm saying. Easy to take it through the airport. Um, if you're going through the TSA be, checkpoint, you throw doing. everything in, in the back here. You know, they hassle you, take your you know belt off and uh -huh. your shoes. Just throw it in here, and then you slide it through. You come out the other side, and then it, it and saves time. Like you know, so, we, you know, we try to just, like, just little things that you can you can kind of use to, to improve the experience. And, and then... What, what's the, this is billboard vinyl. Oh, all of it's billboard. Yeah, okay. so if you go out to like Hampton Boulevard, that you'll see bill billboards. This right. is the actual billboard. Very cool. So we cut it, uh, sew it. I remember that from the story. I, like, <laughs> I remember you saying that. I didn't realize all of them. That's really cool. Uh huh. Yeah. It's very cool. Wow. Okay. So how you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> How's Dan? Well, she's good at work. So you know your father. I used to be your father-in-law's boss. I heard. At Channel 3. Yeah, I heard, I heard. <laughs> you know, we hear all the old news stories, man. Yeah. <laughs> the the pre-digital days. Yeah, it's the way pre-digital days, let me tell you. <laughs> he, he's got all this old nostalgic camera equipment and stuff at the house. This is what we used to shoot on. Look how heavy it is. Yeah, Rob, Rob was in charge of all of the uh, photographers yeah. uh, when I came there as a news director. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Whew. Way long ago, long ago. Long absolutely. Good gracious. Good, good gracious. Oh, Are you guys waiting for one more guest? Nope. No, uh, the other phone. one's on the phone. Are you so see, coming over there with me or are you mm -hmm. standing here? Yeah, I'm going to the oh, okay. Side. Yeah. Yeah, he's just taking my like, behind the scenes. Where we have a YouTube channel and Facebook. Oh, he's with you. Yeah, yeah, he's with us. Please, please do. Please subscribe. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be running sweepstakes for subscribers too, so. Oh, okay. That's, that's smart. Like first in line, first to I'll like, you, first I'll to go. comment. Okay. Cool. That's good to know. Yep, cool. absolutely. Right. Cool. And experiences too. We're gonna to try to do more experiences this year. So there was some lady on Facebook who took each one of your pictures, but especially yours, and just spread it all over. Like, remember I had all three pictures? She mm -hmm. just like 
picked your picture out of it. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even see it. There you go. Every time I, it popped up, it kept popping up on my feed. Was it your mom? She liked it. She liked it. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Come on, man. That's funny. Oh, she is my mom, whoever that is. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Do you want to hold maybe one of the merchandise? Please. Please, always. I love this bag. I'm a little obsessed. Thank well, you. Yeah. Do, if you're going to do that, then you're going to have to have Randy do this. Oh, you have the, the watch, yes. Okay. Yeah. Nah, let him have it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what we came to do, right? Yeah, we yeah, came yeah. to do it. over your heart, you know. There you go. go. I, I, I never want to look like I'm, like, forcing it. <laughs> All right. So who does your, you don't do your own, like, hand Modeling. model stuff nah. for your watch? My hands are too ash. Oh, very nice. All right, this is going to bother me. Hold on. This zipper's like halfway open. Please, yeah, zip it up, please. <laughs> okay. Well, that's okay. I got you. I'm about to say, I don't want to break it back. <laughs> All right, sorry. How's that? How's that? I love you. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you, guys. Nice. Can you do one for my story? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then um, for Facebook, I'm going to tag you. Is H, this is HPC? At Hamilton Perkins. At Hamilton Perkins. Oh, okay. And yeah. at, at Tally and Twine. Yeah, let me make sure I know. Oh, I'm going to have to do this. Oh, it's going to be hard to cut it off. I'm going back into the music library. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I'm going to do it. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, at Hamilton Perkins, at Tally and Twine. All right, You want me to do it in the camera view so then you can post it on your Insta story because it is going to show up like kind of cropped. That's fine. Okay, I can do that. Here you go. It's got social media just oh, in case you don't know how to spell it. I was, I, was <laughs> searching, I was searching it, but this is the light is here. I remember Hamilton. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Right. So we got about nine minutes. and uh, Nine minutes. Like I said, Gerard will be on the phone. He's with um, Traditions Ever Since. Yes. And they do, you know, the collegiate stuff. And I met him, ironically, in Durham. I have friends that own a bed and breakfast in downtown Durham called Moorhead Manor. And he was down for the Aggie Eagle Classic and was, had all of his gear and everything. And everybody was just buying up his stuff Where like did he crazy. go to school? Um, he went, I don't know where he went to okay. school, but, because um, I don't think he went to A&T. But there, the house, so Monica, um, who owns the bed and breakfast, she's an eagle. My husband's an Aggie, so it was an eagle, even split between the <laughs> folks. I went to Bennett. We trying to raise some money, so we oh, won't yeah, go under. So, <laughs> so we got a lot of drama going on yeah. right now. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're doing a show on that in two weeks. Got it. So, oh, speaking of shows. Yes, ma'am. February 8th. You're going to have to do the round table. February 8th? Uh-huh. Because okay. I have to be, I have to take care of Miss Patience, who my granddaughter. Tiffany has to go to a conference and she's trying not to have patience in the school. So I'm gonna have to go up there front. This is a round table, I didn't want to go tape it. Even though <laughs> I should tape it. I'll take my vitamins that day. Yeah, take your vitamins that day. Documentary <laughs> air day. Oh it is. Oh, it'll be done. 
Oh, yeah. I'm not oh, even trying okay. to not have that done before it airs. <laughs> okay. I'm not even trying. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> this is you, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's the show about? It's on um, social etiquette. We've yeah, done everything podcast. from funeral etiquette to uh, breaking up <laughs> etiquette to oh my gosh, you name it. Holiday house guest etiquette. Yeah, how not um, to turn into the fish bad fish at five days. Fish and, and relatives, man, five days. I'm going to... Um, that's some good topics right there. Yeah, yeah I need to tune in. I need to subscribe. ASAP. Because people never know what to say to people. Do you say congratulations? Do you say I'm sorry? Right. 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 That's, that's a good... That's a good so, so what are you supposed to say? <laughs> I'm going to ask him. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know. So does uh, Sandra still come over and do it with you? We're, I'm still working on that. Oh, so we've been okay. doing reruns over the holidays. I just with that with the documentary, I just did not have yeah, time, have time to, to record go. anything new. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get her back, but you know, we're her and Chuck Oh. So I don't know if that's gonna work. It may just be just me on that picture in a month. <laughs> Funeral etiquette. I, I saw something this past year that I'd never seen before. Somebody had a funeral photographer. It was like a photographer taking pictures at the funeral. I was like, oh. But I, I mean, that's be, just mm, like people, no, no. I know, but that's just like people <laughs> taking pictures of people in the casket. And yeah. You know, yeah. Live yeah. Live yeah. Church yeah. now for people to have the whole ser- service videotaped. Yeah. It's I, kind I, of a fine line. Why would you do that? wants to rewatch it, right? Ooh, I mean, it's the hard one, enough to go Maybe for it. people that aren't at the funeral, that they could see it, they weren't able to attend. They could get I their guess. closure. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's the only thing I learned about funeral etiquette is most people say too much. Yes. The one thing you should... Stick with is I'm sorry I'm for sorry, your loss. I'm just, yeah, for yeah, you. That. Is there, there's anything I can do? Most people, but don't go start the to whole, talk, and then and they, they say know. too much. Yeah, yeah they don't know. Oh, when to shut God, up. need another angel. Right. It's always something. Right. You don't know how that's impacting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the because curses. you don't want that. That makes sense. Right. Cut it off. Keep that's moving. what happened at my my grandmother when she passed. Everybody was saying a little bit too much. Too much. Or they come in and they're more emotional than you are. Like you having a good moment and they come in. Oh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they fall apart. <laughs> like we were laughing before you walked in. My mom passed. I was like, please don't touch me because I'm trying. Don't come to me. Don't come to me crying. Just, mm. just, just stay back. Just, All right, just, y'all have a great real. show. Thank Everybody you. Turned off. Yep. Yeah. I got one record. No, no, it's it's actually there's no service on it, but it's just it's recording. It's recording. Okay, okay. Randy, where are you from originally? Georgia. Georgia. I knew it was. I couldn't remember. I knew it was somewhere. Okay, if you guys would put your headsets on, um, so Ty can check the audio. We are about four minutes out. So what we do is a. um, You good? I do a minute tease, and then we go to a five minute news break, and then we come back and we're in the show. Okay. Great. And you guys are the whole hour. So uh, we'll take it all the way up to the end. Todd, you need um, Hamilton count to 10 for me? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Okay, Randy? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Good. Okay. All righty. You can give us uh, uh, airtime, please. Thank you. I just like to hear whatever's going on just before we go on. So in case I need to react to something or somebody does something crazy and the world comes to an end. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen. Exactly. <laughs> no, the market's up and down, though. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I just think that's just horrible that they shut down the government over 
BS because that's what it is. It's just BS. You know, in the past, these government shutdowns were just like, oh, this bluffing is one or two days tops. Right. But now it's like now, like and, and, every, days and everybody's digging in because the, the Democrats have said ain't happening. And he's saying, but see, Trump made his mistake when he said, I'll shut down the government. You know, like he's the king. He took on his you <laughs> So, you know, it's just kind of interesting. The whole whole dynamic is. But this is my first day back in the chair since um, the 21st of December. So oh, wow. I might be a little rusty. <laughs> <laughs> nice vacation. Yeah. But see, I left HRO full time in um, June of 17 and started my own company called Sharing Info. Oh, cool. And so all of my speaking engagements and moderating and all that stuff goes through. And actually, HRO became my first client. Nice. (laughs) Congratulations. So is that media? So, um, yeah, it's all media communication. So I do, um, um, I MC events. I serve as keynote speaker. um, I moderate panel discussions. um, I do communications consulting for people trying to figure out, like, how to talk to the media, you know, that kind of thing. very cool. And, um, I'm working on the St. Paul's project with the revitalization that's going to be going on and some other things. Um, St. Paul's area is uh, 200 acres right outside of downtown Norfolk where all the there are three major public housing complexes yes, in there. Yes, yes, and okay. they're going to be tearing those down and yeah. rebuilding doing mixed Office income. Mixed, right. Yeah. Okay. Over so, the next 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So I'm helping with uh, a lot of the communications uh, efforts to residents as well as trying to educate the general public yeah. about what this is all about and, and so yeah. forth. Yeah. So. Okay. One minute out. And like I said, we have conversations. So just jump in, feel free, add stuff, you know. Okay. Here we go. <coughs> Hello everyone, I'm Barbara Ham Lee. Happy New Year. We hope you had a wonderful holiday season and wish you peace, prosperity, health, and happiness in 2019. We start this new year with inspirational stories of three men here in Hampton Roads who have highly successful national and international businesses. Find out how they got started, the challenges they faced, the success they've enjoyed, and what you should consider if you're uh, considering a budding entrepreneur. Meet Hamilton Perkins of Hamilton Perkins Collection, Randy Williams of Italian Twine Watch Company, and Gerard Mary of Tradition Ever Since. Hang tight. Another view will be right back.
that line. Okay. We got five minutes. <laughs> nice. Uh, did you take away the audio? Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't scare me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound like you missed the beat. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Didn't slow you down I do. Yeah, except I missed up one line, but that's okay. If you're a budding entrepreneur, if you want to figure out how to do your own business. <laughs> I couldn't tell anything. <laughs> I know. See, that's the thing. That is the one thing I have learned through this whole thing is that everybody's experience is different. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's some commonality. I mean, you have to find financing. You have to get, uh, you know, organized or whatever. But yeah. some people have a business plan. Some people don't. Yeah. Some people go, you know, crowdsourcing. Some people yeah. go to the that's bank. Right. I mean, it just really depends on kind of who you are I guess yeah um, there's no real playbook you know I mean you can make your own playbook especially with the internet now I mean the middleman is gone you know see, the middleman's yes. there but but they they're practically gone exactly and that and that's the thing I think it makes you all's companies so unique because somebody was saying to me well well there are other companies and you know in the Hampton Roads too that are black owned I said I get that I said but I'm talking about these are young entrepreneurs who have used the internet basically to just expand way past. Okay. Hey, Gerard, how you doing? Okay, say hi to Randy and to uh, Hamilton. <laughs> hey, man, how are you? <laughs> so Randy is with um, Italian Twine Watch Company. He owns that. And Hamilton is Hamilton Perkins Collections. Okay, that's right cool. happy new year <laughs> happy new year ah that's exactly right that's why you don't burn fridges Gerard, that's exactly right nice to be calling from the private jet <laughs> you could come scoop us in the pj when uh when you're in our area man it's all good oh god yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so we've got about two minutes left and then we will be right into the show so um, as I told, told these other two, we're just going to have a conversation. So since you're on the phone, if there's something you want to add or jump in, just jump in, okay? Okay. And, and turn your cell phone off. <laughs> <laughs> that was his cell phone. <laughs> He's going to see. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> okay, there we go. Absolutely. All right, we'll chat with you in just a second. Lisa's going to put you on hold. Okay. <sighs> so now, how old is your daughter now? She's two. Two, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Running you crazy, too. She's a trip. Nah, she's fun, man. <laughs> I see horror stories from parents all the time. I'm like, man, I'm having fun, man. It's, the worst part was when she wasn't sleeping. <laughs> Once I got past that, it's all good now. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. When I was a zombie. So you have to use that time for uh, work when you're up, you know? Like, yeah. that's what I found. Yeah, yeah. My son wakes me up. I'm up as well. You're I'm up. like, okay, right. what can I do? do? Let, me, <laughs> let me pull an email out real quick. Let's go back to sleep. Yep, got to use every moment that you can. I know that was probably when I had my daughter. That's probably the best advice I got was somebody told me when she sleeps, you sleep. Yeah, you know? totally. Because otherwise, <laughs> yeah. 
You just can't. Because in your mind, it's this magical time where you're going to be able to rest as long as you want to. But nah, yeah, uh, if she decides to fall asleep right now, you got to go ahead. <laughs> Survival mode. Yeah, I've got to sync those bedtimes. I always want to clean up or do it. Oh, yeah, I know. Exactly. It feels free. <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another view. I'm Barbara Ham Lee. Happy New Year. We are so happy to be with you back live and uh, glad to be here in 2019. And we thought we'd start 2019 by talking with three African-American entrepreneurs who are major players in the national and international marketplace. Their stories are honest and inspirational. Please welcome to another view, Hamilton Perkins, owner of Hamilton Perkins Collection. Hey, Hamilton, how are you? Hey, Barbara, good afternoon. I'm well, happy new year happy as well. Happy new year to you too. Thanks so much for being with us. Randy Williams, owner of Tally and Twine Watch Company. How you doing, Randy? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad that you're here. And joining us by phone is Gerard Murray, owner of Tradition Ever Since. Hey, Gerard, how you doing? Oh, absolutely. We are so glad to have the three of you. So I'm going to start by letting each one of you do your elevator speech, okay, to tell people what your company is about. Gerard, let's start with you since you're on the phone with us. Um, tell us a little bit about Tradition Ever Since. <laughs> Proud 40 plus alumni. I love that. Okay. <laughs> and for the audience and those of you who may not be familiar, HBCU stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Although you have all schools, is that right? Or a, vari a variety of schools? We do have other schools, but they Right. Okay. Okay. All right. And PWI is predominantly white institution. So just to make sure people are clear on the acronyms. Absolutely. Okay, Randy, what's Tally and Twine all about? Yeah, Tally and Twine is a direct-to-consumer watch brand uh, who makes watches for men and women along with accessories. And our focus is on young professionals. Uh, but we have uh, watches that are dressy, classy, and also uh, casual. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been in business since 2014. 
since 2014. And you too have been in business uh, Hamilton since 2014, right? Officially, yes. Um, we established an LLC. Um, mm -hmm. I try to say, well, look, I went full-time 2016. That's when I really put, you know, my whole my whole life, my whole heart into it. So, um, yeah. And what is Hamilton Perkins Collection? Uh, so we're one-of-a-kind bags, uh, award-winning bags made from recycled materials. No two bags are alike. Uh, we've been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Money Magazine, Washington Post. Uh, some customers are West Rich Vogue. Uh, that's, I right. Like that. <laughs> that's right. That's uh, right. We've been featured. Um, we have some customers like West Elm, Zappos, Holt Renfrew. Um, we've worked with, um, you know, we. I mean, we we just got an amazing purchase order from the Dow Chemical Company. They manufacture a ton of plastic, um, and and it's cool because we actually we make everything out of recycled materials. So. We use plastic, we use pineapple leaf fiber, and we use billboard vinyl. Um, it's a small so team of us. So literally, the billboards that we see out on the street. Correct. When they're done, the, you take that fiber absolutely. and use that as part of the bag. Billboard vinyl, conference banners. Um, you know, so Zappos, you know, they sent us uh, banners in the past, and we made bags out of those banners. Um, you know, we've we've taken down, uh, you know, mainly like anything that has a graphic or something that like looks visually, you know, looks good. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll use that for like pops of color and lining. Mm -hmm. um, it's a small team of us of three. We're based here in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So now all three of you are based in Virginia. Um, and although Gerard, you actually live in Atlanta, isn't that right? Okay. Okay, so you're so the company is based in Virginia Beach. So it sounds like each one of you found a niche or found a problem, if you will, in quotes, and found a way to solve it through your company. Um, you know, Randy, let, let's talk about Tally and Twine for just a second because you you said you wanted to find a watch that was more affordable than the real high end, correct. but not your basic watch. Yeah, correct. Uh, just graduating from college, I had this one watch that I got uh, when we went on a trip. I bought it in the Bahamas for like $40. I think it was a guest watch, and it, fall, it fell apart, but it ignited my love for watches. So I started to collect these watches, but I saw two problems. Number one, the cheap watches, $50 or $100, they wouldn't last long. And then the watches that I wanted, they were overpriced. I'm a young professional just trying to get started in my career. I couldn't afford a $1,000 watch. Um, and so I saw a need there to create something that was aesthetically pleasing, something that was as beautiful as the higher-end watches, mm -hmm. but that would also last, one that you didn't have to worry about breaking on you as well. And I thought that market wasn't being served. So yeah. and, and the name of the company? Italian Twine mm -hmm. is an intersection in Portsmouth. Uh, the intersection used to be a really, really bad neighborhood here uh, called the Ida Barber. And when I came to Virginia, it was just all I heard. Like, this used to be really, really bad, um, and it had crime and drugs, and people would tell me all these stories. And, but what I saw was this big community of African Americans who were now homeowners. There's nothing but houses there. All of the uh, blight that was there before has been torn down, and now people have a chance to own. And I thought that that would be a great thing to start the company with basically signifying that you don't have to finish the way that you start you know a place mm -hmm. that started as a very very dark now has a bright future you know we can turn things around and something that's unique about your watch is that the number seven mm -hmm. tell me about that yeah we only feature the number seven on the watches from a business perspective i wanted to create something that would be memorable so when you glance at the watch you would know immediately that's italian twine so i wanted that on there but also for me, it just represents completion, you know, seven days in a week. Mm -hmm. And I told myself that when I started the company that I would finish what I started. 
as entrepreneurs, a lot of time we get shiny object syndrome and we just chase the newest idea and the newest trend. But sometimes you have to just finish things through to completion. I, I said to myself that I, this is something that I want to start and finish. Mm -hmm. Gerard, how did you start um, Tradition Ever Since? How did that come about? What made you think that we need this, this niche for HBCUs in terms of apparel? Now, Hamilton, really, water bottles, <laughs> really? plastic, and That's billboards. Right. Billboards. Mean, what made you and think... And pineapple leaf and fiber. And pineapple leaf fiber now. So what made you think about those using those items in terms of recycling to make your bags? So my background was retail. I uh, started out, I mean, I worked in the malls. I worked in every mall in this 
town. I mean, I worked in boutiques. I worked in big box stores. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I sold sneakers, sportswear, bags, a little bit of everything, eyewear. And I think, you know, I, I took a little bit of time away from the industry. So I, I you know, had done the retail thing and then I went, you know, worked in uh, finance for about six and a half years. Um, so the last thing I was doing was uh, investment management. And then I got my MBA while I was, uh, you know, working. And so mm -hmm. I was on a trip and the, this, this whole time I'm making bags like as a project on the side, like it's a side business. So I'm making uh, like custom briefcases and custom duffel bags and cu custom backpacks. And, you know, I've got clients, I'm selling to a couple men's shops here and there, but nothing like, you know, really commercial. So fast forward, um, you know, at the end of uh, sort of my time, I, I started this uh, crowdfunding campaign. And then, you know, it was like a $10,000 goal, uh, hit the goal in about six days. Uh, delivered all the products in time for the holidays and you know it, it was really like I researched I used Google you know it I, I just really called a lot of people I asked mm -hmm. for recommendations you know a lot of no's a lot of places wouldn't want to make you know bags for us or like you know a lot of people didn't really want to help but you know you had to like kind of just fight through it and just you know stay with it so and pretty much you were doing this on your own I was yes we have a small team now but you know for the first couple of years it was just you know, it's just myself, you know, just emailing, you know, just just emailing and writing and, you know, developing the product, designing the product, you know, but now, you know, it, it's, you know, we're coming off of like our best year ever as well, you know, best Black Friday, you know, best, uh, best year, you know, and, and it's just like growth each year. So now we're in 100 stores, you know, we started, we were all online, you know, we we're Kickstarter only, um, you know, or direct to consumer only. And then um, I took a trip to Haiti. And when I got back from Haiti, you know, I was so inspired. I mean, I had never seen like the artisan sector of like a country really just like reveal so much and just like the fashion industry there was just, you know, incredible. Like all the, the makers, I mean, you got, you know, folks making jewelry and you got people making apparel. And, and mm -hmm. you know, I came back, I'm like, I got to be a part of this, but I got to do this. So I started knocking on doors, you know, I started, you know, selling our product, you know, going into uh, small stores, boutiques, you know, and then. Um, you know, from there, that kind of got us the momentum that we have now. So, um, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's a, you know, it, it, it started with me wanting a bag that I could travel with. And then uh, we started introducing, like, just unique styles that, like, you know, we, we couldn't, you can't see in the market, you can't find. And, you know, that kind of attracts our customers that we have. And you say no two bags are, are, are like. So I have a question for the three of you. So at what point, because I believe all of you were working in like traditional jobs. I mean, everybody had a, a, a job. Um, but at what point did you say, okay, I got to do this. I've got to just focus on this company. Um, Gerard, were you working at something else before you started? Or were you in retail all along? Okay. Mm -hmm. You know that feeling when you step into somebody else's world and you watch that clock, so to speak, and you know the, you know the feast and the famine when you take the risk and the reward. So when you accomplish something at home, I think even even a stranger, somebody who doesn't really know you, even watch a company like you say, you're in the elevator pitch morning, come across your brand, and say something, and you just sit back and listen. That kind of motivated what you know. I just think I've always been around it, and. Mm -hmm.
When did you decide, Hamilton, to give it up? Okay, so mine was a build-up. Mine built up from being a kid selling. I mean, I'd take a Slam magazine, if you can remember Slam magazine, yeah. the source. I would take the individual pages in these magazines and sell them to my classmates as locker decoration. <laughs> really? So that was like my very oh. first business. It got shut down, and then I started selling sneakers and reselling sneakers. I mean, this is years and years ago. So you've always had the entrepreneurial I've always been entrepreneurial, but I've always felt like I was very one-dimensional, and I only kind of knew one thing. So that's why I went in, into finance, because I knew I could get a bird's-eye view and kind of think through, like, economics and just, like, understand a little bit more than just what I had seen at that point. But then, you know, so I said I started 2014. I had everything set up. It was, you know, on the side. I cleared it. You know, it was already, like, a thing. You know, like, it was approved. I could do it. And then towards the end, I got through to the Kickstarter. And, I mean, the buildup, you know, I'm looking at the orders coming in. I'm looking at the supplies we have. I'm looking at the work that's going to take because I'm handwriting all my thank you notes. I mean, it's, it's a personal touch. I'm throwing, a like, a private event, excuse me, for sort of our super backers or, like, the top customers, super customers. And I'm just kind of looking at the time. I'm looking at, you know, the timetable. I'm looking at the math. And I'm like, you know, there's no other way to really do this than to do it full time. Like, this is a full time job to actually, like, handle all of this. So there's no better time than now. You know, it's only going to get harder if I continue to stay here. You know, I probably would stay forever. So I use that time. And, you know, then, like, just like God's grace, like everything else fell into place. Like, you know, we picked up a huge grant. We were, you know, I won the Virginia Velocity Tour uh, up in Richmond. You know, that w I would have never been able to, to do that if I was still in a job. And, and the other interesting thing, or at least, you know, for me, it's just like I needed that grant to be able to, you know, just even like just handle the admin and the fulfillment and the startup costs just to get the Kickstarter out the door. So it all, yeah. it compounded on itself to like, it had to happen. And, uh, uh, it happened. So it's been about two and a half years. Two and a half years now. Yeah. What about you, Randy? Uh, I've known from the beginning that being an entrepreneur was something that I wanted to do. But when I graduated college, uh, majored in marketing, got my marketing degree, I thought I was going to get this nice entry-level job making 50000 and I would be able to <laughs> chill for about five, ten years. And somewhere along that line, I'd find a business. That didn't happen. And the first job that I had was selling uh, coupon books door to door. I'm a college graduate, right? Wow. So I knew immediately I've been working towards entrepreneurship ever since that day. <laughs> um, it hasn't always been successful. So it was a long road before I found something uh, that would be able to uh, uh, support, you know, mm -hmm. myself financially. But the, the day of reckoning, I guess you can say, came when uh, my uh, boss at the time, the president of the company and the HR director came into my office while I was eating my lunch and told me that that day was my last day. Oh. Um, and I had been moonlighting, going back and forth, like working, you know, doing both delivering packages in the morning mm -hmm. and uh, coming to work. And actually, to be honest, doing a lot of work on the clock for Tally and Twine. <laughs> and they said, hey, today is your last day. You know, and the, um, the president, I remember he told me, 
that he said I've seen your resume you won't have a problem finding another job and at this time my wife was six months pregnant wow uh, so but I felt this release and this this weight lifted off of my shoulders um, when I went home and I've been full-time ever since oh, since then. so I was kind of forced out Four four zero two six six five or one eight hundred nine four zero two two four zero are the numbers to call to join our conversation. What questions do you have for these entrepreneurs and how they've been able to get their businesses up and running and successfully? Four four zero two six six five or one eight hundred nine four zero two two four zero. Um, so we have a question from Facebook. I'll throw that out first. Uh, do the gentlemen have a team that they work with, or is it pretty much just you? So you have a team, Hamilton. Yes, three, we right? do have a team of three, and you know it's so funny. It was just like myself for the first like majority of the time, basically just mm -hmm. myself, just like doing everything, selling the customers, writing the order, fulfilling the order, handling production, supervising production. Uh, designing the products. How long did it take you to find somebody to make the tag? Because you you use a a um, factory to actually make the bags. That's right? that's right. I'm still finding somebody to make the products. We're always finding somebody to make the products. Right now we're producing in Union City. We produce on sort of like the same uh, factory line or uh, sample line where Mark Jacobs has done production, Kate Spade, uh, and some like really big European companies. Mm -hmm. On the West Coast in California in Los Angeles, we have a factory that we're working with and. Uh, you know, both are just amazing, like the product, the quality that comes out. Um, but they've done a lot of private label, like, you know, Nordstrom or, you know, just different private label clients like that. So um, it takes, you know, I guess for us, like, I don't really come from the industry. I came from retail, but I wasn't in, like, manufacturing. Um, you know, I knew. So was that a learning curve for you? Oh. In terms of, of trying to figure out, okay, can this factory actually deliver what I what I envision, what I want it to look like, and what I want it to feel like, and and so forth. One hundred percent. And then you know it just gets to a point where you have to be sort of at peace with like the the product. You have to know that I mean, you're going to want it to be at a one hundred percent, and sometimes it's not always going to be there. And you have to kind of be okay with that. Like you have to understand that um, you're going to be your hardest critic. Like like I'm I'm very hard. Like I like I really want it to come out exactly how it should and you know, it's just a lot of sampling, it's a lot of prototyping, but um, yeah, it, I think, you know, that's definitely, for us, it hasn't been like a one size, you know, shoe fits all, it's been, you know, you gotta try on a bunch of different shoes. To figure it out. And Gerard, you, the the whole manufacturing piece also has been challenging. Right. 
Got you. Okay. And Randy, where do you have where's where are your watches actually made? Uh we make our watches overseas, um, using mm-hmm. parts from the steel is from China, the movement is from Japan, and we got some German parts as well. But um we do assembly here. Uh, so we have a few different manufacturers wow. that we work with. So we do some light assembly when we get to the States. And as far as the team, we have three people. And um, like Gerard, we use a lot of contract labor. And utilizing that technology gives us strategic advantage to be able to kind of maneuver in the global marketplace, knowing that, okay, I don't have this overhead of having these employees and I can use stuff on an as-needed basis. So that's been very helpful. So that's been helpful in terms of the bottom line. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the art of entrepreneurship with Hamilton Perkins of Hamilton Perkins Collection, Randy Williams of Tally and Twine Watch Company, and Gerard Murray of Tradition Ever Since. I'm Barbara Ham Lee, and you're listening to Another View. Let's go to Greg in Virginia Beach. Hi, Greg. You're on the air. Thank you. Yes, exactly. It actually sold out during the holidays, man. That's our most popular watch, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. A very good question. Thank you, Greg. I'm going to let each one of them answer off the air. So thank you for your call. Starting with you, Randy. Did you have a mentor? Uh, not directly in the industry um, as a per se, but I do have mentors in the sense that I consume a lot of information from experts, from books to paid mentorships to paid programs that even teach me how to manage the finances and profits. Uh, so I can I I definitely consider that mentorship. It's not in the traditional sense of I got somebody hey showing me the ropes, and that's what what is missing unfortunately in the in the African American community. There's not a lot of people that you can look at that look like you that have done what you've done before mm-hmm. and so there's not a direct comparison like there is for a lot of other communities so we have to kind of piece together those, those mentorships and just take and accumulate that knowledge like Hamilton said by going to Google going to YouTube University and, and making the most of that information that's available and thank God it's readily available mm-hmm. for us there. Gerard do you have a mentor or did you have a mentor?
So, Gerard, let me ask you this then. Since you didn't see a lot of people, um, like you said, you go to trade shows and so forth, you're the only person of color, then do you feel compelled to mentor others as they're coming through? about you, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would you say I would say facts about all those uh, things there because um, totally agree. I, I mean, we formally or informally have an advisory board for the company. You know, it's kind of diverse. So we got people from finance, we got people from retail. Um, you know, people that worked at like Tom Shoes or you know they've sold companies in the retail space and or marketing spaces in the past. And uh, you know, it's still like we have to kind of react to the market and the customers and like what's happening in 2019 for like us to be successful. So. Mm -hmm. It, you know, we rely on like the customers and like, you know, the people that are sponsoring us to kind of, you know, give us that, you know, advice or give us feedback. But we still, you know, we have to make the final, we have to make the play, we have to take the shot. You know, you can, you can get the, the coach or you can get, you know, the things, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's going to be our decision on what we end up, you know, going forward with, if we're going to release a new product or not, or if we're going to go into a certain market. So... What do you think, or how do you think your businesses would do if there were no internet and no social media? I mean, is that, are those two major players in in your um, uh, uh, business plan, if you will, in terms of being successful? And could you be as successful if those things weren't there? Or, or, or would you have approached it differently, I guess is my question. Well, I think it's for us, if there were, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I've never uh, really been asked that before, but I would say... Uh, Probably because in your lifetime you've never not had internet. <laughs> well, well, you got to think. I'm one foot in and I'm one foot out yeah. because when I worked in retail, this is like 2005 ish okay. to like 2010 ish. Mm -hmm. So there's no, you know, there's there's no Instagram. There's no like, I mean, there's YouTube, but it's really early. It's Twitter. It's fairly early. So like, gotcha. the communication, the comms of it all is like dramatically different if something is like really hot or something that people really want mm -hmm. how that word of mouth bubbles up is like I mean I can barely even remember like how it actually happened back then but like now it's pretty simple you look at your timeline and you see stuff trending or you you, you can see it it's you know yeah, you're, you're right getting you. you're, you're getting pinged but yeah I mean um, we would you know like if we had to We'd, we'd use the, uh, you know, our thing is like, we're trying to find the things that are working for us. Like, I just looked at a bunch of analytics, a bunch of uh, just stats from 2018, just studying and just mm -hmm. looking at our company. You know, the, the three drivers, Instagram, mm -hmm. YouTube, Facebook. That's it. That's it. So you're not even considering like traditional media or um, like radio, for example, or TV. 
Um, I know all of you have gotten a lot of press in terms of written press, news, um, newspaper articles and magazine articles and so forth. But as you look at your marketing, do you just look at social media or do you also consider some of the more traditional media? We're omni, so we want to be where you are. So, you know, we do think traditional, we do think, we do think digital, um, but for us, we're thinking like, where are kind of like the underpriced assets in the marketing space? So like, if it's going to cost us, you know, a $10 CPM or cost to reach a thousand people on a Facebook ad versus, you know, it's going to cost us maybe $30 to reach someone maybe on, you know, maybe a Snapchat ad. I'm just kind of making, making that, that up. up sure. But you're going to really, you know, you're going to realistically look at your conversion rates. And you're going to look at uh, your unique sessions and your session time and your uh, and your actual sell through and your reorder rates and where those are, you know, more, uh, you know, where, where the, the numbers are really driving you mm -hmm. towards. So we're, you know, I mean, even, you know, I, I actually do believe that radio and traditional is actually kind of like it's you know, we, we went through this thing where everyone's really hot on digital media and all the ads are like the price, you know, to get in front of people is just going up, 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 up. But then, you know, people aren't spending as much on traditional, but I still think there's a lot that can be spent there as well. And, and in just like and brick and mortar. For your, for your audience, because you're looking for, you were saying, what was the age range? You, who is your audience? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like 38 30. to 57, you know, they're kind of women, excuse more women uh, than men. Um, they're interested in fashion, travel. Um, you know, they're, you know, they're probably going to go to Art Basel. They're probably going to go to Coachella. Um, they're interested in, you know, uh, you know, a variety of, you know, influencers that they kind of look up to and listen to. Um, but I, I think, you know, we we're, we want to reach them where they are. You know, that there's no like one person in this world that I know of that just like Did only relies on like, you know, only Instagram by itself. I think it's right. Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and LinkedIn and the actual store and the radio and their best friend, you know, and all of these touch points are important because we know it's going to take time for people to see something before they actually convert. So they come over and buy it. Randy, on your website, mm -hmm. it actually pops up. So-and-so just bought this watch. Mm -hmm. So-and-so just bought that watch. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot. You do direct through your website, right? Or, correct, correct. So you're not oh, in any stores at this no point? No stores, no stores. Okay. And there was, you made that decision, why? Well, uh, Hamilton alluded to, the, to it earlier that uh, there are these uh, middlemen when we were talking before the show. Um, and when you sell direct to consumer, there is no middleman. Also, taking a look at the trends of the environment, we got some of the most historic stores closing down and having financial difficulties. Macy's closing stores, Sears is gone, Toys R Us is gone. And who's the one that's taking the share is an internet-based company, Amazon.com. And so looking at the trend, I want to be a person who controls my brand. You know, having done some retail when I first started out, I noticed that they weren't doing a good job of selling the company like I would. I wanted to be in control of my consumer. I wanted to know what they were thinking. And direct-to-consumer gives you an opportunity to do that. And so that's why it's my strategy because I want to be able to touch the people, respond quickly, and then continue to build my brand. Mm -hmm. I always felt that I could go into retail anytime I wanted to, um, but to have them speak for me just didn't sit well. One of the things I noticed about all three of you is that customer service is paramount. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys are like really into from responding to people who hit you up on, on 